This is the Find Your Focus podcast with Shootproof. We chat with inspiring and creative entrepreneurs to encourage, empower, and equip you to take the next steps in your photography business. We want you to leave each episode with actionable steps so that you can gain confidence, book your calendar, and earn more income with your passion. So grab some coffee or your drink of choice and let's get to it. Hey everyone, I'm Logan Fay and the host of the Find Your Focus podcast with Shootproof. Today I'm talking to Ara, who is a wedding and elopement photographer. She talks to us about how she started out as a landscape photographer and how she made the switch to weddings and elopements. During the switch, she had to find her ideal client all over again. So she gives us her tips and tricks for finding your ideal client. She also talks to us about how your ideal client and client experience go hand in hand and how she has created a client experience that attracts the clients that she wants. Even if you think you know who your ideal client is, this episode is full of amazing information that might help you get an even better idea of the clients that you want to attract. Let's dive into this interview with Ara. Hey, Ara, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, how are you, Logan? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great. It's a sunny day here in Portland, which we don't always get in April. Oh, that is nice. I'm I'm guessing you have cooler weather too. It's I think it's like 50 degrees out today. Ugh. Just really quite pleasant. Yeah, I'm jealous. In Texas, it is always it like around this time it's it should be spring weather, but it's more towards like 80 degrees. So I'm oh, jealous gosh. of your 50 degree <laughs> weather. <laughs> 80. Oh my gosh. That's insane. I can't even imagine like I'm wearing a vest and, you know, like cozy house slippers. Like I can't mm-hmm. imagine being in a, in sundresses. Yet. No, I'm not, I, I'm ready. I, I actually like colder weather, so I would take that. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> tell us how you got started in photography and kind of your journey to where you are now. Landscapes were my first love. I, I was an IT professional in the mid 2000s and I developed a, a weekend waterfall habit. I don't know if you remember Flickr, that was pre-Instagram, mm-hmm. but we had a really strong Portland community and it was really cool. Um, we did a lot of hiking and like bushwhacking out to waterfalls and community shoots. And we would all get together and do like feedback and learning about each other's different styles and experience levels was really, really cool. And that's kind of how I got started. Um, I loved using tripods and polarizers and graduated neutral density filters. <laughs> um, things that aren't particularly wedding-ish. Um, I didn't really sell my landscapes back then. It was just soul food and a break from my desk job. Kind of a cool transition. I, I won an award for a landscape photography or landscape photo that I did. And the prize was a trip to Yellowstone with four professional photographers for four days. And we did shooting and feedback in the evenings and we'd go out and see all the crazy waterfalls and come back and talk about business in the evenings. It was, it was all new territory for me because I wasn't really into the business piece of things. And one of the folks that I met through that, one of the professional photographers, he became my photography mentor. We were sitting in a car and staring at this bison roadblock (laughs) (laughs) as you do in Yellowstone lot. Um, we'd gotten to know each other over the, the course of the few days. And he asked me why I didn't try weddings since I seemed to like people so much. And I told him I hadn't really considered it. I didn't know anything about it. And he told me he would help because he'd run a very successful wedding business for many years. Just huge. Um, I didn't, I didn't know anything about that genre and it's so different in so many ways about the only thing it has in common is a camera. 
I wasn't a really girly girl either. So I didn't know that wedding photography would be a thing for me. I mean, I love Jane Austen and like Robin Hood and stuff, but I wasn't <laughs> into like napkin colors and galas and squealing over bridesmaidy things and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So my mentor reminded me that all sorts of people get married. So I just need right. to find my niche, my niche and my ideal clients, um, which is easily said and not so easily done. But yeah, so it took me a, a little while to get my business fired up. I always thought that brides and waterfalls would go really well together, which is something to do, I do a lot of today. But back in those days, that was like a trash the dress session, like elopements were not vogue. We didn't really <laughs> do weddings at waterfalls. It was super weird. So I had some of my girlfriends put on some Craigslist wedding dresses and we went out exploring and did a lot of really fun photo shoots together. And one of those photo shoots I put onto my new wedding blog and this really amazing woman named Erica found it. And she was like my first ideal client ever. She hired me to shoot her wedding and then her after wedding session, she actually found me because she Googled trash the dress, which is, I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Um, <laughs> but that, um, that photo that we made, or one of the photos that we made together during her session ended up selling absolutely innumerable weddings for me and wow. pushed me forward to where I am now. So that, that photo is of her standing at the bottom of a waterfall. Her back is to the, the camera and she's, um, it's a long exposure photograph. So basically it would have been a photo that I took back in the old days, but I just put her in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really, really cool. It wasn't an immediate transition into outdoor weddings and what I do now. It was many years of doing, you know, the golf clubs and the ballrooms and all of that but I slowly started making my way back to that landscape base. Initially, I felt like I sort of had to push it away for a while because that's not what you did with weddings. I had to build a successful wedding business, but it turned out that my mentor was right. And the nature nuts and the stargazers and the wanderlusters always get, all get married too. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've, I've roped that back into my business. And now I have about a 70-30 split between elopements and regular weddings. And I maintain websites for both of those brands, the, the Aralani Photography Wedding Brand and my Elopement Brand, which is Elope Adventurously. And the Elope Adventurously piece, people come out to Portland and do guided elopements with me, sort of like a reverse destination wedding. Mm-hmm. And I'm really able to use all of that landscape photography background. Yeah, that's amazing that you were able to take something that you started with as a hobby and really had a passion for. And now, you know, to see what you've done with it is pretty amazing. It's really fun. And I think I wouldn't have survived as a wedding photographer just because of the long weekends. And I wasn't finding my heart in doing three ballroom weddings every weekend. (laughs) Um, And I really wanted to get back out to the hiking and the camping that I had been missing while I was building that wedding business. And now with elopements, they're primarily on weekdays. And so I'm really able to have a better quality of life with that. And I just feel more artistically fulfilled. (laughs) Definitely. So when you make the switch from one genre to another, you usually have to find your ideal client kind of all over again. What helped you in the switch? kind of, you know, find your ideal client? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big challenge and my mentor gave me some really cool tools on that. And what I, what I found to be the most helpful 
is to really make my ideal clients into almost real people. So Mm -hmm. settle down with a pack of index cards and some pads of paper and really go through some questions about why would this person be clicking on my site? What are they looking for? Where do they normally shop and what experience would they expect? What do they value? What do they do on the weekends? How they feel about you know, climate change and racism, religion, all these things so that I can really speak to them when I'm gearing my marketing. One of the things that I have found to be so helpful is to, I'm always trying to find my ideal client. So my ideal client this year may not be my ideal client next year. So whether or not you're switching genres or just trying to really hone in your business, you're constantly chasing your ideal client. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the feedback that you get as you do get clients feeds your investigation into your next set of ideal clients. What is working really well? How are people finding you? And you can learn so much from both your favorite clients and the ones that you probably never want to work with again. Definitely. So when switching or adjusting just latching onto that feedback that you're getting constantly from your clients is just super helpful. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to remember, just like you said, that, you know, your ideal client, it's not something that stays the same for five years. It is something that does change. And I think that's important to remember because whenever we're talking about ideal client, people are thinking, oh, well, yeah, when I was just starting out, yeah, I did the whole practice where I, you know, wrote down where my client lives, where they work, what they do. But that really is something that we need to be thinking about every year. Yeah. And wedding seasons are nice. I mean, this doesn't apply to everybody, but I I know that every type of photography has a season. Mm -hmm. With wedding seasons, it's so nice at the end to sit down once you get all your editing done. Theoretically, that that day does happen where you don't have an editing (laughs) cue anymore. (laughs) Um, But just taking some space to breathe and, and think about the clients that just really made you happy, where you were able to create really good work, like your best work. And then the ones who just kind of got in the way of that and it, through no fault of their own, probably, maybe you just weren't the right fit or the visions weren't a match or, you know, you just had something to learn. And it's, it's so good because then you can really push your energy into refining your website and your marketing language and all of that. Definitely. If our listeners are struggling to find their ideal client, what things would you recommend they start doing to, you know, start booking their ideal client? some of the major things that have really helped me out portfolio marketing tone pricing and then again adjusting so once you have that ideal client in your head and you sit down and you look at your portfolio and i think portfolio audits are audits are another thing that you have to do regularly <laughs> um, every photo should be an invitation to your ideal client and show just what you want to shoot every single day and absolutely brutally cut all the rest of it out if you want to book outdoor weddings, don't show indoor weddings. Yeah. Um, I, I think we get into this, this mindset, I, I certainly do, where I feel like I have to show people that I can do a thing. So I feel like if I'm showing all outdoor, nobody is going to ever book me for that really cool ballroom wedding. And it's just not true. If people connect with your work, they're going to do the imaginative leap and say, yeah, she'll probably do a good job on my thing too. And just not watering your portfolio down with things that you you think you need to show mm-hmm. is so helpful. And that way, when your niche client does show up, your perfect ideal person, they're going to go, yeah, that's my girl right there. Mm-hmm. Like they totally understands me and she's in my brain and I want to look like that. 
when you're finding your ideal client, you're, you're kind of trying to push into a new genre. If you don't have that work yet, go make it. Like I mentioned, you know, Craigslist dresses and, and my girlfriend's out in the Columbia River Gorge, finding a way to collaborate with other people who have the same type of vision, maybe trying to build their business, do a shoot with them, just go create your ideal work and the clients will come. Mm-hmm. And then outside of portfolios, I think just keeping your marketing consistent and that way when your clients get on the phone with you, they know what to expect. They've read through your website and keeping your website content really focused on the pieces of your personality that will very deliberately apply to their decision-making. For example, I'm a nature nut, so I'm going to be able to photograph your nature-based wedding really well. I'm an enthusiastic traveler, so I can easily meet you where you want to go. My dog is my family, so I will photograph you with your dogs that are family. So just really keeping that, that focus on ideal client going to connect with you on the important things. Yeah. When I first started out, I would post everything that I shot on <laughs> my Facebook page. Yes. <laughs> and I was so proud of it. I'm like, I did another session. I have to post about this. I did a newborn session this week. I'm doing a senior session next weekend. I'm doing, you know, the dog portraits the next week. <laughs> and I thought I had to post everything to show people that I was, you know, photographing people and animals and everything. And I quickly learned that I didn't really enjoy doing senior photography. And yet I had all of these inquiries coming in for senior photos. (laughs) Right. And just, just learning to show the work for the people that you want to connect with and and want to hire you. But yeah, there's, there's always this pressure to, to show that you can do everything. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also really powerful to, to shoo away the people that you don't want to hire yes. you. So, you know, I am not your person is a very valuable statement just as much <laughs> as I am your person. Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so how does client experience play into finding your ideal client? I think client experience should always match your marketing tone. So for example, if you do like headshots and corporate work, you should make it really easy for your clients to hire you. Scheduling should be easy. Pricing should be transparent, all that, all that stuff. For me, I'm, I'm very much a, a non-transactional photographer. I want people to connect with me and my work and then hire me. So I'm not going to be like Instabook on my website. I want you to have to go through a few hoops just so that we can be the perfect match. And that personal engagement really results in a good client fit for me. But that may not be the right solution for every type of photography. So yeah, I, I try really hard to make sure that when I'm the second that somebody clicks on my website, the client experience is consistent all the way through delivery. So I'm I'm very hands-on through the whole process. I send out inquiries. I want to, I want them to know that I am interested in what they do on the weekends and that I'm going to remember the little details that they tell me. Maybe that might mean that on their wedding day, I give them a congratulations card that matches something from their relationship that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. So they're like, wow, this, she really gets me. If they have any questions or concerns, I make sure that I really get into the weeds with them on that so that we have this really good, almost like, like a professional friendship that we've built. And then once their photos show up, I tell them something, at least to something about their day and what it meant for me to be there. And maybe a moment that really stood out to me so that they can tell that I'm not just 
clicking deliver on their photos, I've actually gone through and spent a ton of time with these photos. And I feel like I'm really proud of them and I'm really excited to share them. Mm-hmm. And that experience then tells them, you know, if they have an issue, they can talk to me about it. But because it's not just a transaction based, they're probably not going to be like, oh, I'm super angry about this thing. They may be like, hey, I have a question. And then, you know, when their final photos show up, it's in a beautiful box and again, might have a card with it that would talk about some element of their relationship. Mm -hmm. I think that that's just keeping that consistent through that process really plays into keeping your ideal client and then they will tell other people hey, this is a really great person who is matches this type of work mm-hmm. and will do a great job for you. Yeah, definitely. I feel like ideal finding your ideal client and then client experience and then marketing all go hand in hand because one affects the other. And yeah, if yeah. you have your ideal client, then having the client experience that matches them is important. And then that leads into word of mouth marketing, which we all know is <laughs> one of the best forms of marketing there is. Right, exactly. You're you're much more likely to accept the word of a friend telling you mm-hmm. that they had an incredible experience. So, what things do you uh, think play a key role in your client experience? Well, at the the beginning of the whole thing, my contact form is the first point of contact, obviously. And I have spent a lot of time, especially on my elopement website, making it kind of long. Actually, it's it's almost an interview. And I feel like I really know the people who take the time to fill it out. And most people do. Sometimes I get these, you know, just a wall of text emails, which are just so flattering because it's like you immediately have started to trust me with your story. But I ask things like, obviously, you know, names and all that, that sort of thing. But I'd love to hear about your story, what you have in mind, and then what draws you to my work in particular. And that second question there has been enormously helpful because people, the people who take the time to, to fill it out give me all sorts of points that I can immediately go after in my response email. So it's like, if you love how the couples look in nature, I can really push that home. If you feel like there's a lot of connection and, and atmosphere and sort of stuff, I can really push on that. With the love story, people will often give me like a five paragraph background on their relationship. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like a, starting out with a pen pal. These things are just so fun to start with as like, oh my gosh, these people are so cool. And they obviously think I'm so cool Mm -hmm. if they are spending this time on me. Having that information just sets everything out on the the right journey. After that, I'm, I'm really a phone gal. So email has a lot of tone issues. I try to get people on the phone as quickly as possible. We start out the conversation with, okay, I know you told me a lot about your love story and your inquiry, but let's, let's, I want you to tell me again. And then often it's both of them. Mm-hmm. So I'll get this really fun dialogue. I get an idea of who they are as people. And most of the time we end up just laughing and having a great time for 30 to 45 minutes. Sometimes it even goes longer. And my booking rate is super, super high at that point. After that, just addressing concerns honestly, listening carefully, doing timelines with them, and just keeping engaged throughout that entire process, we walk into the wedding day with this this great relationship. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I want everything to feel super genuine. I want my client to feel like they had an amazing artist, but also a friend who, who knows them, who showed up for their wedding and gave them these incredible memories. 
Just from hearing what you go through with your clients, I can tell that your clients, you know, you're not just their photographer. I can tell that you are so much more than that to them by the end of their experience with you. Yeah. And it's, I think the cool part of that for them is they get photos basically done by a friend. So someone who knows what they're doing, but who is looking them at them as real people and understanding their story. For me, it keeps me going and it feeds me both, you know, obviously physically and it keeps me so happy with my work and fulfilled in my life, not being transactional and really just being relationship based keeps me going. Like I can see myself doing this for years and years. Whereas with weddings, I probably just would have been a little tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's getting to travel and be part of their journey. I feel like it's just such a, you know, I did birth photography for a while until I had kids and it was just too hard. But when couples let you into their life for an important moment, even families for family photos too, it's so special to be part of that and to be chosen as the one to capture those moments. I agree. And I think if you have people that you would, you would get along with on a regular day really helps to, mm-hmm. I mean, again, this doesn't apply to every genre of photography, but for weddings, I feel like that connection is just so important because wedding photos can start to feel very generic and formulaic if you don't know anything about the people that are in them and their, their stories and what got them to that day and what that day means to them. Because weddings mean so many things to so many different people and every wedding is so this isn't true. It's (laughs) not every wedding is so different, but like all the pieces that go into it certainly are. And I think really focusing on what makes that day special to different people is, it just keeps you going. It does. It does. If our listeners want to find you on social media, where can they find you? I am on Instagram at Aralani, A-R-A-L-A-N-I. And my elopement website is elopeadventurously.com. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that is very catchy and easy to remember too. Awesome. That's great feedback. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Logan. It's been really fun chatting. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Find Your Focus podcast with Shootproof. Make sure to visit shootproof.com backslash podcast for the show notes and any links that we talked about today during this episode. If you love this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and hit that five-star button. If you ever have feedback or questions for us, feel free to reach out at podcast at shootproof.com.